Welcome back, everyone, to the Practicology Podcast. This is a very special edition. I happen to be in Halifax right now with Matthew. We've been doing a couple weeks of gospel meetings and had a great time. Been out for Donaire's, been out to Peggy's Cove, and this is the very first time we get to record in person together at the same location. And we thought we'd mark the occasion with a special edition. This is a a bonus edition that we're dropping midweek beyond our usual Sunday night once a week episode. It is great to have you here in Halifax, even with the Donaire sauce still dripping from your chin. And it's great to have you listeners on with us again, too. The Practicology Podcast is all about bringing the scriptures into everyday life. There is no book like the Bible. But Mike and I do enjoy reading other books as well. And we know many of you are likely thinking about some books you could purchase as gifts this time of year. So we're going to review a few for you. The first edition of the Practicology Podcast book review. Mike, why don't you start us off with a good suggestion? Sure. Let's kick it off with the book that was the theology book that was the most fun to read for me this year. It's God of All Things by Andrew Wilson. Wilson is a gifted writer who is great at making complex ideas simple. And this guy could not write in a boring way if he tried. Uh, His book is also an excellent fit for for the podcast here. Just listen to the subtitle. It's called Rediscovering the Sacred in an Everyday World. Excellent. The main title is God of All Things. And a scan down the table of contents gives a sense of the variety of things that God is God of. Wilson devotes chapters to dust, honey, rainbows, donkeys, pigs, and yes, even (laughs) viruses. There are 30 chapters in total. Each chapter is short, punchy, engaging, which makes this the perfect book to read one chapter a day for a month. Just spend a bit bit of time each day reflecting on, on how God is not only God of the Bible and, and what we would maybe call spiritual things, but he's also the God of everyday aspects of creation. Sounds like fun, Mike. Are there any warnings you'd like us to hear about the book as well? Well, this is a good spot for us just to say that... Uh, uh, by us mentioning a book here on this episode, we're, of course, not endorsing everything that the book says or everything that the author teaches in his wider ministry. So we always need to read discerningly and listen discerningly. And yes, that does apply to each time you listen to this podcast as well. Um, and, and I also need to say, Matthew, that I'm here in Halifax with you, which means my books are not here with me. And if I was home, maybe I would have scanned through some of these books and found a couple places in them where I would caution readers, but I'm not able to do that at this point. <clears throat> the one thing I'll say is there's probably a couple spots where our readers would be comfortable with what is said, but maybe not with how he says it. Um, and and maybe you'd be uncomfortable wording it the way he does. But all in all, this is a very fun and engaging book to read, and I believe it could very well increase your love for God. All right. Do you want to give us the title and details once more? Yes, it's God of All Things by Andrew Wilson, published by Zondervan, and it's 224 pages long. Sounds good. My first one is a small book first published in 2012 by IVP Academic, but it is not overly academic at all. It is called Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. Delighting in the Trinity, subtitled An Introduction to the Christian Faith. The subtitle throws me off a little bit, to be honest, but I think what it is reflecting is that the truth of the Trinity is fundamental to the Christian faith, and also because what this book does so well is emphasize relationships, relationships within the Trinity and our relationship with each member of the Trinity. 
knowing God is the essence of Christianity. And that includes knowing God as he reveals himself in the Holy Trinity. Now, to some, that may sound a little bit dry or technical uh, or maybe too obvious or whatever. Apologies if I've made it sound that way. One of the great things about this book is that it takes this important theological truth and conveys it in an accessible, devotional, heartwarming, worship-inducing way. Delighting in the Trinity causes us to delight in the Trinity. It's our view of God that shapes us most deeply because we become like what we worship. And as Reeves says in chapter 1, there is a vast world of difference between the triune God revealed by Jesus and all other gods. Hmm. Is there a part of the book that you like the most, Matthew? Hard to say because it is all honestly enjoyable. It's not a difficult read. It's only 130 pages. I did certainly love chapter 4, which is on the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit turns our eyes away from ourselves to Jesus. And this line in that chapter really captures the theme of the book so well, I think. It says, through the Spirit, the Father allows us to share in the enjoyment of what most delights him, his Son. Hmm, that is very precious. Any parts of the book that you feel the need to give a word of caution about? Just one wee thing in my memory. Michael Reeves is a big proponent of Reformed theology. I am not, and there is one little blip in the book I would highlight. Reformed brothers tend to give a little more weight to what old theologians said than I would be keen on. So at one point in the book on the issue of praying to the Holy Spirit, he says, while it is harder to find clear instances in the Bible of prayer to the Spirit, John Owen is adamant that we can. And that to me is a bizarre and peculiar statement, as if he's saying, I can't fight it in the Bible, but that's okay because John Owen said it. So that doesn't really hold a lot of weight with me. However, that's a small point. It certainly shouldn't overshadow an excellent book, one which I hope to read again, and I encourage our listeners to read too. Well, I'm glad you included that book. It is truly excellent, Matthew. My second book is uh, a book that meant an awful lot to me in 2021 because it, it gave me so much hope. That's something we can all use in 2021. Yeah, I think we all know someone that could use some hope. It's uh, it's called Cheer Up, The Life and Ministry of Jack Miller by Michael Graham. It's published by P&R. It's 256 pages long. And uh, it is a biography. It's a biography of a man of God who knew his sinfulness well, but God used him in his weakness. And uh, there's, there's aspects of Jack Miller's life that many of us won't be able to identify with. He he ended up teaching at a seminary for a, a good chunk of his life. And there's just church context that that don't overlap or, or match um, mine a, a lot. But but there is so much that does, that speaks to me about this man. And um, the Lord just used him in tremendous ways. He he brought Jack to an, an end of himself at various points. He, he discovered a depth to his sinfulness that uh, he'd never known before. It drove him more and more to Christ. Jack recognized that he couldn't do anything with perfect righteousness, and so he would just uh, lean upon the Lord Jesus. And he had a famous saying, I'll, I'll only be able to paraphrase it here, but he would say things like this, cheer up, you're far worse than you think you are, but you're far more loved than you dare believe. Mm -hmm. So I really um, took a lot of comfort from this book. His, his wife, uh, said that that being married to Jack was like being married to a 24-7 prayer meeting. Uh, he, he just, he didn't know anything else that he could do. He just felt his dependence on God so much. And he brought his brokenness and his weakness to the Lord. He was very quick to 
confess his sins to others and to be open about his struggles with pride. And the Lord met him in his weakness and just used him in a tremendous way. I've never heard of Jack, but it sounds like I could learn a lot from him. Yeah. And um, another book is Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, 224 pages long, published by Crossway. Beautiful hardcover edition is available by them. This is a book that I heard about um, maybe two or three years before it came out, and I was anxiously anticipating it. And it did not let me down when it came out. Um, it's all about the heart of Christ. And Ortland just does a great job uh, showing us the, the character, the tenderness, the compassion, the mercy, the love of our Savior. And in a way, it goes well with the Jack Miller book. It gives much hope and much help. So um, it's a very popular book now that it's come out. It's, it's certainly created some waves, and many, many have read it and are going through it. And I do commend it to you as well. There has been a little bit of opposition to that book, Mike. Do you think it's justified? I'm sure that there are some corrections that can be made to it, but I don't think any opposition to the book that writes the whole project off is justified, no. Yeah, I agree. I'm thinking of one somewhat negative or critical review that I read that I think was uh, rather unfair and didn't really think about the audience to whom he was writing either. Yeah, I think I read the same review and I wanted to recommend a book to that writer <laughs> of the review. I wanted to recommend a book to him called Gentle and Lowly um, <laughs> about the Lord Jesus and maybe some of it would rub off on him. But All right, well, I do have a copy of that book too. I got partway into it and somebody asked to borrow it and I'm not sure I've got it back from you. So if you're listening to this, hope you enjoyed it. And I'll be gentle with you and uh, finish it up and hand it back by Christmas time, please. Just kidding. No rush, but I would like it back. All right. A second one I will recommend, but to a more limited audience, is Pursuing Health in an Anxious Age. The author's name, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, is Bob Cutillo. This was published by Crossway in 2016. I actually received it as a Christmas gift that year. Thank you to my wonderful in-laws, but I only read it recently, just finished it uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bob Cutillo is a Christian, and he is also a medical doctor. So he serves as an associate faculty member at Denver Seminary, but also as an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Colorado. Pursuing health in an anxious age. Sounds like a very interesting title for during a COVID pandemic, Matthew. It is very interesting to read a book on this subject during a pandemic, but a book that was written pre-pandemic. But admittedly, it won't be fascinating to everyone, I think, for, for doctors or others working in healthcare, or maybe for some who are facing some health difficulties or others just interested in a compassionate approach to wellness that recognizes our frailty, but doesn't want us to be paralyzed by our frailty. This could be a good read. It's 169 pages. They're bigger pages than the Delighting in the Trinity book I just mentioned. So it is a slightly larger book, but still not a real thick one. And you will have to be interested in the subject to enjoy it, but I did enjoy his balanced treatment of the subject. He's got a lot of experience in serving vulnerable communities. He wants to remind us of a hope that is more secure than physical wellness. And he's sort of answering this question, what if our health was a gift to nurture rather than a possession to protect? So how does he answer that? What are your main takeaways, Matthew? Well, a couple takeaways. One is we're all going to die apart from the coming of the Lord in our lifetime. Now, when I say that that's a takeaway, I don't mean that the book is somber in any way. It isn't. But the author reminds us that in this life, 
we are not guaranteed good health. That doesn't mean we don't take precautions or that we shouldn't take steps to protect and enhance health. But even when we do try and take care to live healthy lives, we still need to remember our faith is in God, not in ourselves or our doctors. Dr. Cutillo says, we need a view of life and health that can respond to the tragedy of cancer that fails treatment, the unfaithfulness of a spouse who's given his wife an STD, or the birth of an imperfect child. We need a story that can embrace contingency without running away, even finding a way to make it meaningful, a story that accepts the basic reality that we are dependent, frail, and fragile. For that, he says, we need to go back to the beginning. And he goes back to the early chapters of Genesis and our creation as creatures of dust from a good creator God. He writes about the risk of healthcare losing sight of the patient and reducing patients to statistics and how sometimes those statistics that are meant to help us can actually cause more anxiety when we get consumed by them. But he also ties these subjects to, into the gospel and the wonders of Christ taking on a body. He's a couple great chapters on the shadow of death and the defeat of death and resurrection. And he closes with a word to our anxious culture that some vulnerability needs to be accepted, that we do not and cannot control everything, and that we need to maintain our sense of wonder of God amidst both the advancements of modern medical science and the uncertainties and risks that remain. So it's a totally different type of book from the one I suggested a few minutes ago, but I do recommend it, particularly for people dealing with some anxiety brought on by the pandemic. It'll take a bit more careful reading, but it is worth it. Sounds great, Matthew. I'm tempted to add that to my wish list for uh, for a few days from now's time. Um, I'd like to mention two more books before we finish off. The first one that I'll mention, I, I want to just warn and say this is probably for a very narrow and limited readership, but it does tie in with the book you've just mentioned well, Matthew. It's it's called The Logic of the Body, Retrieving Theological Psychology. I know, I know. <laughs> this is this is limited readership, perhaps, but Retrieving Theological Psychology by Matthew Lapine. I thought you were gonna say Matthew Kane. Ah, well, maybe someday I'll be able to announce a 440-page book by Matthew Kane published by Lexham Press. Don't hold your breath. I won't hold my breath. As I said before, this is a very demanding book, but once again, um, depending on your circumstances and interests, it might appeal to, to just a few of you. Uh, what, what Lapine is wanting to do here is, is offer a gentle corrective to some in the biblical counseling movement, and the emotion that he takes up specifically as an example throughout is the emotion of anxiety. And he wants to push against the idea that our emotions are voluntary and controlled by our intellect and volition. He's saying, he's saying there's way more to us than that. And uh, this is the book that I really want to hesitate before I say too much about it because I'm just so far away from it right now. And I really need to read it again before I can um, give it, give it a, a fair treatment. But uh, what, what Lepine is doing is he's going back to historical theology. He's going back to the biblical texts as well and showing that we are tiered beings. We are complex beings. And some of our emotional reactions are habituated. They're, they're almost written into us, into our bodies, so that, so that we shouldn't always feel overly guilty 
or upset with ourselves if we are experiencing certain emotions. Anyways, I'm not doing it justice, but for those of you who are interested and who are really interested in a challenging read, and I must say in my own experience, a read that also gave me tremendous hope due to some of my own struggles in life, um, I, I commend this book to you. Sounds good. Uh, the text that comes to my mind as you're speaking there too, Mike, is First Thessalonians 5.23. You mentioned how we're, you know, we're complex beings, but we are, all parts of us are intertwined. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good reference, Matthew. And maybe I'll finish now with just a simple book. We've had a two more two two more challenging ones that we've recommended, but now just a a little simple, wonderful, precious something for Christmas. It's called "Love Came Down at Christmas: A Daily Advent Devotional." It's written by Sinclair Ferguson, published by the Good Book Company. Does each book come with a little chocolate as you read the chapter? Each chapter, I mean. No, no, there are Advent calendars that you can buy for that, Matthew, but okay. this book just uh, offers words, but they're, they're very beautiful words, and what it is is an Advent devotional that goes through 1 Corinthians 13 about the nature of love, and um, those of you who are familiar with the author will know that he, uh, he just has rich devotional thoughts about our Lord Jesus, and uh, again, I'm I'm many miles from, from the book. I can't remember if there's a few bones to watch out for, but I would say, as I recall going through it a year or two ago at Christmas time, that it really warmed my heart and uh, increased my love for the Lord Jesus. So uh, maybe that would be a little stocking stuffer for someone there. Happy reading, everyone, and thank you for listening today. Yes, thanks for joining us for this special episode, everyone, and uh, happy reading. Happy reading.